Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the Kim Kardashian pawn shop, it's the Fourth and Inches show with <laughs> Jenna and the Sherpa. Jenna, how are you doing this week? Uh, how about those Cowboys? Things, things as a Cowboys fan are not terrible. Uh, we're very blinged out here this week since, you know, with the Kim Kardashian theme and all. But uh, so far, so good. This week could get interesting. It was nice having the Eagles on a bye so we could get a game up. How are things as a Giants fan, Sherpa? Um, <laughs> next topic. Um, how about <laughs> what is I so rarely get to be on the right side of this argument, especially the last few years. So, like, I'm just savoring it while I can. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say the right side. I mean, neither team has done any damage in the playoffs for quite some time now. But uh, yeah, a thing called selective memory that I, I, you know, I'm I'm just living in the present. (laughs) Yeah, you just go right ahead and do that for however many weeks. But yeah, so anyway. So, three undefeated teams left, Denver, Minnesota, Philadelphia. Which one surprises you the most, and how many of them do you think will still be undefeated after this week? Great question. Um, honestly, I think I'm most surprised by the Eagles. Uh, I just – not at all how I thought this season was going to go. I'm, I'm interested to see how they look this week. Uh, what about you? What's your most surprising out of the three? Um, I would say – Denver, not as surprising, even though they lost Peyton Manning. But uh, with Paxton Lynch now, that's what happens. It's going to be hard for them to stay undefeated. But I would say Eagles, I I would go with the Vikings. I think they've lost Adrian Peterson and Teddy Bridgewater, and somehow they're, if anything, doing much better than people. But, of course, it's mainly on the strength of their defense. But uh, we'll see. So, uh, we'll get to our picks, and then uh, we'll see how many of them we think will be undefeated after this week. But uh, first, why don't you tell people how, where, and why they can find us? <laughs> well, obviously, the why is self-explanatory, because why wouldn't you? Uh, but we'll be here with you uh, until 10 p.m. Eastern tonight. That's an hour every week, as we are every Wednesday night. You can find us all over social media and at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, on Twitter at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa, as well as the number 4THN Inches show. Uh, and we'll be giving you all the news and notes for the week. We're going to go through our games, tell you who to start, who to sit, and give you a little daily fantasy advice as well along the way. So it should be a wild ride, as always. Okay, Mr. Toad's wild ride. Here we go. Okay, so first up, we've got a Thursday night game between the Carson Palmer-less Arizona Cardinals and the, I don't know what you would call them, less San Francisco 49ers. Directionless? That's what I would call them. The chipless? No, that's that's not true. Not yet. So, not yet. A few more games, but... um, so what's, what's your take on this one? Who who do you like? And, of course, now that Carson Palmer is out, we're back down to one NFL starting quarterback named Carson, but that's neither here nor there. Who, how What's your take on this game? Uh, my take is that it's a Thursday night game that I already really wasn't all that excited about when Carson Palmer was playing. Uh, now I'm looking at a, a Drew Stanton-led, still dinged-up Arizona team and the the San Francisco question marks. I, I'm not excited about this. I don't think it's going to be particularly high scoring or, quite frankly, all that exciting to watch. Um, 
I Drew Stanton, I like the guy. He was a cowboy for a period of time. That makes him okay in my book. I, he's not going to put up Carson Palmer-like numbers. I think we're going to get the David Johnson show here. But I think Arizona takes it 24-17. I just, it's hard to pick San Francisco to win anything aside from maybe a baseball playoff game right now because these 49ers are a mess. Well, hopefully they won't win the baseball playoff game either, but um, I think this is going to be a little bit more high scoring than you do. I actually like it's Arizona. It's a Thursday night game. You're crazy. I like, well, there's been several high scoring Thursday night games lately. Um, I'll mm. take this one to be another one of them. I'll take Arizona to win 38-23. I think even with wow. Stanton and their passing game will still yeah, be more than functional. I think David Johnson, as you alluded to, will have a big game. I think San Francisco will be able to run the ball but not do much through the air. So, to me, that all adds up, like I said, to a final score of Arizona 38, San Francisco 23. Bold move. So, apparently, we're still continuing on last week's trends where you pick extremely high scores and I go with more reasonable scores. <laughs> As Michelle Obama would say, when they go high, we go low. Or, or, no, that's not what she said. But it's kind of what happens. But anyway... Yeah. All right, so now onward, um, speaking of, of Michelle Obama and Washington, Washington, that Baltimore nice regional rivalry game. Well, thanks. Um, I've on. only fallen off it a few times. So Washington <laughs> at Baltimore, we've got uh, the Redskins. Yeah, they can throw the ball. Baltimore, pretty good run and pass offense so far. I, I think Baltimore is going to take this one rather easily. I'll go with a final score of uh, Baltimore 34, Washington 24. These are both kind of confusing teams. They never really play exactly the way I think they're, that we're, they're going to. Baltimore, I think, is a little bit overachieved. Washington, maybe a little underachieved. I'm taking Baltimore to win this in a much closer game. I think 24-20. I think it's going to be a tough day for Matt Jones, but I think Kirk Cousins is going to, going to shine, return to form a little bit more this week. Apparently, the last two weeks, I've become a, a Kirk Cousins apologist, and I'm not really sure how that happened, but here we are. So, and we'll get into this when we do the positions um, stuff a little later, but where would you, do you, do you think Terrence West has <clears throat> a lock on that Baltimore starting running back job now? Do you think Kenneth yes. Dixon poses a threat? Which which do you prefer going forward? I like, I like Terrence West significantly more. Uh, I think Kenneth Dixon is going to eat away at his carries a little bit this week, but now with Justin Forsett, you know, kind of riding off into the sunset, maybe not by choice, but uh, I think this is going to be the, the Terrence Forsett. West show for sure. <laughs> the Forsett okay. was not with him. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't, and may, may it also be with you. So mm-hmm. now we've got um, Tennessee at Miami. This one, these are two teams that I don't think are going to be playing in January. Well, that's not true. They both will play on New Year's Day, I think. But, there you um, go. But I, I don't think they'll play more than one game in January, put it that way. But mm-hmm. Tennessee, they're, they're, you know, they're only two games behind Houston this early in the season so far, so I guess we can't be too hard on them. But um, I just think they have a little bit more to offer right now than Miami does. Miami lives and dies by the pass. Tennessee lives and dies by the run. Miami not a very good run defense. I think even though they're on the road, Tennessee takes this pretty easily. I'll go with the final score, Tennessee 31, Miami 17. Okay, I see this game pretty much entirely differently than you do, which is not a surprise. Uh, I've got Miami sneaking out a close victory, 23-20. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. 
Um, I, I think that the defenses are going to be more the story here than the offense, but I think there are going to be some fantasy bright spots here. So vastly different, but, you know, both okay scenarios. <laughs> okay. Um, one thing we should mention before we go any further is that we've got four teams this week on by. You've got Jacksonville, Kansas City, New Orleans, and Seattle. So all you Alex A lot of Smith, fantasy uh, value out there. All you Alex Smith fans will have to look elsewhere this week. Um, ah. But uh, <laughs> because he is the best of the four quarterbacks that have a bye this week, of course. Naturally. But, um, yeah. I mean, so that's a no-brainer. Yeah. So there's lots to, to be concerned about there, and lots of people are going to be running to the waiver wire for a replacement quarterback between the, the Russell Wilsons and the Drew Breeses and the Blake Bortles and the injured guys. So, you know, we'll, now we return to your regularly scheduled uh, <laughs> program here. So now we've got um, Houston at Minnesota, and I think Minnesota falls oh. from the ranks of the unbeaten this weekend. You love I, you, I you are all about happen. the Texans. I don't know what it is. Well, they are three and one. I mean, it's not that I think they're great, but I think you know, they even in not having JJ Watt for the rest of the year, I think they still have a pretty decent defense <clears throat> and their offense is hit or miss. But I think you know Minnesota's offense. Okay, maybe it's just solid grapes as a Giants fan, but offense doesn't terribly impress me, or at least not as much as the defense. You know, again, I'm going to pick a road team to win pretty easily. I'll go with the, um, the Texans 21 and the Vikings 10 as Minnesota falls from the ranks of the unbeaten. Okay, well, I'm all aboard the Sam Bradford-Kyle Rudolph train right now. Uh, I'm taking Minnesota 21-13. I think this becomes somewhat of a defensive matchup again, uh, more so than Tennessee and Miami, but I think that Minnesota's defense really is the star of this this whole game. Um, they're going to shut down Houston's offense. Sam Bradford's going to con- connect with Kyle Rudolph some more, and uh, I think that's going to be what gives them the edge. That and Jarek McKinnon. Okay, so so far we've agreed on one game out of the four that we've looked at, so that's we're off to you know, a point. That's better yeah, than some two. weeks. <laughs> we're two and, two and two so far. That one time last season when we agreed that on was... all 14 games in a bye week. Super weird. I was, yeah, I, I thought that the – yeah, the stars are going to collide and all sorts of Well, I mean, I guess once every seven years it's got to happen. That seems about right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're yeah, that's, that sounds about right. So um, <laughs> we'll be safe for another six years. Yeah. Um, yeah, if we're still here for another six years, depending on, well, never mind. Um, so now we've got Chicago <laughs> at Indianapolis. On Sunday, Indianapolis breaking with tradition. Usually, the teams that play the London yeah, games have weird. the following week as a bye. So I don't know. Maybe they had the option of either having a bye week or playing Chicago at home and decided that it was pretty much the same thing. And they might yeah, it's, get it's all relative, really. Doing that. So, yeah, I, as you might guess from my remark, my my snark there, that uh, <laughs> I think Indianapolis is going to win this. I think both. Teams will show more pass game than run game, but yeah, it's part of Jordan Howard's nice debut last week. But I think Indy will take this by a field goal. I'll go with Indy to win this 30-27. to 27. I have this 
pretty similar. I've got Indy winning 27-24. They're going to be tired. You're always sluggish. That's generally why teams have a bye week. I honestly, when I was putting together my notes, thought I must have been looking at the wrong week because Indy wasn't on a bye. But lo and behold, I mean, they're they're doing it. But like you said, playing Chicago, not maybe the toughest task in the world right now, regardless of who's under center. I think that Chicago's going to hang. This game will be close the whole way, but Indy's going to just have a little bit more offense. For those of you who are waiting for Kevin White to break out this season, you, know, you can. You'll have to wait at least another eight weeks if you well, put on an hour today. Well, he did so. break something. It just was bones inside his body again. Well, so, not great. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's Keen Keen and Allen can commiserate um, oh. the, the multiple year. Someone called Navarro Bowman. We need some yeah, kind of like support group weeks. for them. Yeah, that's true. They could just travel around to different stadiums together and watch a different game each week. Or Actually, you don't even need to network. have commentary, like, you know, just replace the talking heads with these guys. They're always injured. They're available. They need something to do anyway. I mean, why not? It sounds like a plan. Let's get on it. We could be um, on to something we've got the We've got the Jets at Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. I don't think this is going to be a one-sided game, but I – don't no. think that the Jets will have – I think the Jets will be able to, to run and pass a little bit against Pittsburgh's defense. This isn't exactly the steel curtain we're talking about. Jets are still pretty good at preventing the run, but their pass defense, you know, leave island aside, is a real Leave something to be desired. <laughs> yeah, and with, you know, with Eric Decker hurt and all, I just think Pittsburgh will take this fairly easily. But um, I, I'll go with uh, Pittsburgh to win this 30-24. to 24. I think the Jets will score some points. I don't feel like there's going to be any point in this game where I feel like they're in danger of winning. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's going to control this pretty much from from the jump. I have them winning 33-21. I still think 21 points might be a little generous for this Jets team. If at any point they want to look like a functional football team, I'm I'd be very interested in seeing that. If Ryan Fitzpatrick has another game like he has had the last couple of weeks, he's probably not much longer for the. Do you know who's available? Johnny Manziel's there. available. Why don't they give him a call? <laughs> because they already have Dino Smith on the roster, and he's just as good, maybe. You know, I bet Johnny. I bet Johnny Manziel could take a punch better than Geno Smith does. That right away should Probably, give him a, but there's, a leg there's up more, on the backup job. There's there's more and there's more to the to the the game than just taking a punch. You actually have to be able to throw the ball a little bit too. But uh, we'll right, which is why Geno Smith is not in the running for backup quarterback here. <laughs> he still can't uh, throw the ball. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There, at some point, they're going to have to move on. If, if he keeps throwing at least three interceptions a week. They just can't keep doing that. But, yeah, anyway. Oh. So next up we've got uh, one of our three remaining undefeated teams, Philadelphia at Detroit. This game I think is going to be offensive battle, not quite as much as some of the others, but still more than most. Philadelphia is going to live and die with the run in this game. Detroit live and die with the pass. I think Wendell Smallwood will start to emerge, or I should say continue to emerge. It's a little disappointing to me that Dwayne Washington's hurt already for Detroit, but they were going to throw the ball more anyway. I think Philly, um, here I am picking another road team to win pretty easily. I'll say Philadelphia 34, Detroit 24. 
I don't like doing it. I don't really want to support Pennsylvania, but here we go. I'm taking the Eagles 28-24. Detroit, just, there's just too many injuries. I, I think the momentum is slowing down. I just don't think that Detroit's going to be the team that takes down Carson Wentz. Uh, I just, ugh, this is going to be a weird game. Just just shaking my head. I got nothing else for you. <laughs> okay. Well, next up we've got what was supposed to be the suspension return bowl, but it's only half of that now. We've got New England. Thanks for nothing, Josh Gordon. Supposed to be the year that uh, the week that both Josh Gordon and Tom Brady made their triumphant returns. And unfortunately for Josh Gordon, he's got bigger issues in his life to deal with right now than football. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he'll figure that out once and for all, although I'm not too optimistic about that, but uh, let's hope for the best for him. But uh, as for Tom Brady coming back, New England somehow managing to go 3-1 and one in his absence, but schedule makers were real nice to them and gave them three of the four games that he was gone at home. The one you figured they were least likely to lose was the one they actually lost. Not only did they lose, but they got shut out at home last week against Buffalo. This week, I they think got with Brady back, they're going to be they're going to be hitting on all cylinders. And Cleveland again, they're showing a pretty competent offense at this point. But unlike past seasons where their offense was garbage and their defense kept them in games, now it's really their offense that's keeping them in games and compensating for the defense. This, I think, is going to be one of the higher-scoring games of the week. I like both teams to score in the mid or upper 30s. I'll go with the final score of New England 38, Cleveland 34. Okay, I've got New England 32, Cleveland 21. I think this is a bit more one-sided than you do. I like things that are happening in Cleveland. I think that, you know, there's more upside to this team uh, than maybe we thought there was after, say, week one was done, after all the injuries. Um, but if there's anybody that can shut down all the weirdness that Cleveland's throwing out there, I'm looking at you, Terrell Pryor, and playing every position, it's Bill Belichick. And I think having Tom Brady back, even though they're on the road, it's just going to be a little too much for Cleveland to handle. All right. So finally we've got our last undefeated team, Denver. They're hosting – Atlanta in a late game, and Atlanta right now, they're one of the surprises to yes. having real off three victories in a row and showing that high-octane offense that you always figured they would have with Matt Ryan in his early years in the league, not so much the last couple finally. of years, but this year it seems like everything is finally working out. Julio Jones is staying healthy and catching 15 passes for 300 yards. He's having a real good season so far. That was insane. Atlanta, yeah, I, I think the the insanity is going to continue this week, and I think they're going to knock Denver from the ranks of the unbeaten. Here I am picking yet another road team, but uh, I'll nope. do it, and I'll go with Atlanta 38, Denver 31. <laughs> I could not disagree with you more. I'm taking Denver 27-21. Uh, Atlanta, their offense, high-powered, great, high-octane. I love it. Their defense is kind of their Achilles heel right now. Uh, I think the Denver defense will be able to stymie the Matt Ryan to Julio Jones connection that was so big last week. And Trevor Simeon is going to be the difference maker in this game. You mark my words. 
Sounds Christian crazy, but it's real. That responsibility. Yet. He can. I'm. I. I believe in it. It's happening. You just wait. So you think he's definitely playing on Sunday, or are we going to see Paxton yeah. Lynch? No, you're going to get Trevor Simeon. Even dinged up, he's still going to be the hero. I like it. All right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There you go, folks. You don't even have to watch the games on Sunday anymore. No, no. it's done. I just I decided it. I just locked it down for you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Next no up, problem. we've got San Diego at Oakland, two teams that are having more success on offense than defense so far this yeah. year. I think that trend continues this week. And both of them are going to be able to do pretty much anything they want on offense. Um, it's really, to me, a coin flip game, but I'll go with a home team this time, and I'll say Oakland wins this 38-37, but you could probably convince me to pick San Diego, but uh, I'm going to stick with Oakland I'm not going to do that. I agree with you. Oakland's going to win this game. I've got them 30-24. I wouldn't be surprised if the score jumped higher than that. I think this is definitely an offensive matchup. Uh, the defenses are, are nothing to write home about for either one of these sides, but I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be one of several yeah, battles that'll be a lot of fun if you happen to have fantasy players on either team. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got Buffalo at Los Angeles. Buffalo coming off that surprising road victory at New England last week. Now they're going to take their carnival act cross country to Los Angeles, which is somehow three and one. Like Minnesota, I just really don't see it with Los Angeles. I don't see that they might have much of any offense. I don't think they're going to be able to win low scoring games indefinitely. I mean, they scored a lot against Tampa Bay, but maybe that had something to do with the thunderstorms that uh, seem to keep popping up there for the Tampa Bay games. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, this game, I think Buffalo is going to be able to run the ball pretty much all day, and that's going to be the difference. I'll take them to win this again, picking a road team big. I'll say Buffalo 28, Los Angeles 10. Okay, I agree with you. Buffalo's going to win. I've got them 21-17. They are going to the West Coast. I think the Rams' defense is kind of finding itself a little bit more. Todd Gurley's going to break out this week. He's going to return a little bit closer to what we expect out of him. And I think Buffalo, yes, they did great things last week. They shut out the Patriots. And I think that maybe they're coming down off of that high a little bit. They're going to come back to earth. Yes, they're going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a closer game, more of a low-scoring game than than we anticipate. All right, next we've got two games that are near and dear to our hearts. We've got Oof. Cincinnati at Dallas. Hopefully this game won't uh, cause you too much consternation, but I think that Dallas' run game is... <laughs> Very Dallas's run game is going to trump your ginger ninjas pass game. Ninja, and I'm picking Dallas to win this by a field goal. I'll say Dallas 31, Cincinnati 28. All right. I don't have any problems with that. I'm picking Dallas also in by a field goal. I've got them 24-21. Uh, the ginger ninja is going to do some nice things here this week. Um, and despite the fact that Dallas's defense is almost non-existent, I think that the – Cincinnati's probably just a little bit too banged up to pull this win out. Um, on the road, Jerry's World's maybe not the easiest place to play. I think that 
I agree with you. It's going to be the run game that's the difference for Dallas. This is not going to be a Dak Prescott show. I think Ezekiel Elliott has to be the difference maker here. Okay. Now the Sunday night game, we've got the Giants playing their second consecutive NFC North opponent on the road as they go from Minnesota to Green Bay. Your primetime Giants. A little closer to home this week, and I think that's – I don't think that's going to make the difference, but surprisingly, Green Bay with a bottom five passing offense four weeks into the season, who would have thunk it? Aaron Rodgers, what's going on with you? I think the Giants' pass game is going to trump the Green Bay pass game, and I'll go with a final score of Giants 28, Green Bay 20. And I know you're picking the Packers. Sure am. Sure am. I'm nothing if not consistent. Uh Aaron Rodgers coming off a bye week at home. It's just, for me, it's hard to go against that. I also think Eddie Lacy's going to have a nice day. I think Eli Manning's going to be a great fantasy play. Um, I'm just concerned about his actual real-life value, especially with having a very damaged run game right now and a, a number one wide receiver that's more prone to temper tantrums than touchdowns. So I'm going with Green Bay 28-21. Okay. And last up, last and least, we've got the Tampa Bay Bucks who are playing at Carolina. And this week there won't be any thunderstorms during the game, but hopefully they won't be cleaning up from a hurricane there. And Tampa, they're going to live and die with the pass. Carolina, regardless of whether Cam Newton is there or not, they're going to be able to do whatever they want against Tampa's defense. So I'm going with a final score here of – Carolina 34, Tampa 21. Taking a little bit of an upset. I'm taking Tampa Bay over Carolina 24-21. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter, but I don't know if you realize this, but Jameis Winston much better in odd number weeks than he is even number weeks. So I'm taking that. And they're on prime time, possibly without Cam Newton for Carolina. Uh, I just think Tampa Bay – even though they're hurt at running back, I still like their chances a little better. I think they're going to sneak one out here. This is my upset pick this week. I thought the Green Bay over the Giants was your upset pick. I mean, that's cute, but. <laughs> okay. So why don't we move on and actually talk about fantasy football here. How about uh, running back I thought we were. You were talking week. about the Giants winning. That wasn't the fantasy portion of the show. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was hopefully the reality, oh. but uh, we'll see. So running back-wise, who do we have injured this week that we should be avoiding or at least looking to keep on our bench? Well, uh, Justin Forsett is not injured, but he is campaigning on Twitter for a new job. The Ravens released him. They, quote, want to get younger, and they also have 87 running backs right now. So Justin Forsett's available, just not for your fantasy team. Chris Johnson went on IR yesterday. He's going to have sports hernia surgery. Jonathan Stewart still battling that hamstring injury. He's questionable, hasn't been practicing. He was seen at practice, working out on his own, but he's not a part of practice. So he's there, but he's not. Um, another uh, injury worth keeping an eye on. Plus, he's a Monday night game, so I'd tread with caution there. Jeremy Langford, doubtful this week. It looks like it's me, the uh, Jeremy Howard show again. Jeremy Hill has a chest injury. He was limited at practice. He's questionable. It looks like he's probably going to play, but keep an eye on that going down to game time. Frank Gore also battling a chest injury. He's not practicing. He's questionable. 
Looks like he's going to play more of a maintenance, uh, not practicing today, but again, keep an eye on it. Charkandrick West was uh, kind of a surprise scratch last week with that ankle injury. He's questionable. Uh, like I said, it didn't play Sunday. Jamal Charles did. He said he felt fine afterwards. So you know, even if Charkandrick West does play, it's not going to be him as the, the solo back there. Arian Foster dealing with hamstring and groin injuries. He practiced. He's still very questionable. I wouldn't be surprised if they hold him out one more week. LeGarrette Blunt was questionable. It looks like he's still going to play this week. Rashad Jennings with that thumb injury has missed a couple of games. He's questionable. He is practicing, albeit in a limited capacity. So keep an eye on that one going into Sunday. Matt Forte has knee and rib injuries he's working through. He's limited. Uh, They're listing him as questionable. He should play. I'd be surprised if he didn't at this point. Doug Martin's still not practicing with that hamstring injury. They're calling him questionable. He's not going to play this week. Charles Sims, however, did not practice. He's questionable with a knee injury. Again, keep more of an eye on that one. Uh, that's that's probably going to be decided later this week, but I'd be surprised if he didn't play barring a setback. Okay, and as far as potential waiver wire pickups, guys that are still pretty widely available, I would look at Terrence West, who we described, who we you know discussed a little bit before, Jay Ajayi in Miami, assuming Arian Foster's still uh, out, Fozzie Whitaker, not so much with the run, but uh, was a big part of the passing game for Carolina last week. Although part of that, of course, yeah. was dictated by the fact that they were playing from uh, three touchdowns behind Atlanta. Devontae Booker's starting to get some more touches in Denver. I don't think he's any threat to supplant C.J. Anderson anytime soon, but yeah, he does seem like they're trying to get him more involved in the offense. Josh Ferguson not getting many carries yet in Indianapolis, although that could change depending on Frank Gore's injury status, but they certainly are targeting him in the past game. And Kenneth Dixon, who really hasn't uh, played this year yet, um, hoping to break in to, you know, and steal some carries and touches away from Terrence West. And he's somebody that comes advertised as a three-down back. So we'll see if he's involved in the passing game right away too. All good options. I like it. Okay. So how about uh, given our, our picks for this week, who are some of the running backs that you have your eye on in terms of uh, guys you think we should be looking out for? Uh, we talked about Terrence West. Uh, that Washington gives up double-digit points every week to running backs. I love that matchup. Melvin Gordon, Oakland's averaging 23 or more points per game to running backs. This is going to be a juicy matchup for him in what could be a very high-scoring game. Uh, I talked about earlier at the top of the show, Todd Gurley. Uh, the Bills give up a ton of points to running backs. Their defense is not great against the run. I think that he's going to return to form a little bit this week. C.J. Anderson is kind of a no-brainer, top 10 in snaps for running backs across the league. Jordan Howard versus the Colts, great matchup there. Latavius Murray versus San Diego. They give up the third most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, like I said, going to be high scoring. Just go with it. I like Jarek McKinnon a lot, and I'm all, all about Eddie Lacy this week. He's generally pretty good coming off the bye week. They've had plenty of time to game plan to heal. Uh, it's usually a good matchup for him historically, so I'm absolutely playing him this week. I think the one that I probably disagree with the most is Todd Gurley. I think the guy's really okay. talented, but until that offensive line 
shapes up. I'm not sure that uh, he's really going to, you know, right now it seems like he's having a lot of, you know, 10 carries for 29 yards type of games. And we'll see if that changes this week. You know, everybody knows he's really talented, but if he can't get Yeah, right now he's just super talented at yards after being hit because, unfortunately, he gets hit right away. Yeah, so I, I for one, don't think that's going to change this week, but we'll see. So I'm in terms of running backs, I like. We talked about David Johnson before. I like Carlos Hyde a lot for San Francisco, even though mm-hmm. I think they're going to get trounced. Uh, the Baltimore, I agree. The Tennessee situation, love DeMarco Murray this week. Yep. Um, let's, uh, Philadelphia, I'm not sure if it's going to be Ryan Matthews or Wendell Smallwood, but uh, mm-hmm. both those guys are probably good flex options at least. Um, Cleveland, I think Isaiah Crowell is going to have a big week. Atlanta, um, Devontae Freeman, maybe even Tevin Coleman if he's healthy. I agree with mm-hmm. you about the San Diego and Oakland running backs. Buffalo, like their, um, LaShawn McCoy a lot. I will sit Thurman Thomas, my head's in the past. Um, <laughs> LaShawn McCoy this week. Um, Dallas, I agree with you about Ezekiel Elliott and Carolina, whether, you know, whoever their, you know, lead back turns out to be this week, whether it's Cameron Artis-Payne or Stewart or Fozzie Whitaker, whoever it is, I think they're going to have a big day against Tampa. I agree with most of that. I, I have beef with the Eagles running backs. Detroit hasn't given up a touch, hasn't given up a touchdown to a running back yet this season. I think that trend probably continues, but... I'm also kind of an Eagles hater, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Go ahead. They're in the bottom ten in terms of uh, yards per game allowed. To me, it's just kind of random whether they run it in or throw it in when they get down near the end zone. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Detroit's been susceptible to the run, at least in terms of yards. I think that might be a, you know, for me at least, is a better indicator mm-hmm. than and the touchdowns, but we'll see. I mean, San Diego hardly giving up any yards per game, but they've already given up seven rushing touchdowns, so make of that what you will. Hmm. Um, Also worth noting, Tevin Coleman battles uh, uh, some illnesses that are prone to uh, altitude, so it could be a tough week for him. I'm probably staying away from him this week. Matt Jones versus Baltimore. They're very stingy against the run. I don't think this is a, a great matchup for him. Whoever's playing running back for the Giants, I'm st- keeping on my bench. The, green, the Packers have given up the fewest points to running backs all year, plus I don't particularly like uh, the health of anybody playing for the Giants right now. JHI versus Tennessee. That defense has been really good against the run. Theo Riddick versus the Eagles. Uh, if Detroit's going to put points up, they got to do it through the air. That's Eagle secondary is not something I would write home about. So for me, those are the guys I'm probably staying away from. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any qualms with that. I mean, for me, again, Todd Gurley, not somebody I'm relying on this week, staying away Mm -hmm. from the Miami backs. Those are the ones that I think are probably the the ones I would avoid uh, first and foremost. Fair enough. Fair enough. Wide receivers. I mentioned Kevin White before, but uh, who else is on the the injury list or the the avoid list this week? So Kevin White is on IR. He's got ankle fibula. His leg is just not great. They're putting him on IR. Not necessarily shutting him down for the season, but I'd be surprised if he came back. 
Des Bryant still wandering around with his knee wrapped. He's got that hairline fracture. He's not practicing. He's uncertain for Sunday. I think if he can get on the practice field. You were right about being a decoy last week. Yeah. If he can get on the field for a couple snaps during practice, they're going to be dumb enough to let him play. I don't think they need him this week. They'll be fine. But this one will go down to the wire. If he doesn't practice, he's likely not playing. Even if he does play, don't start him. It's not worth it. Uh, your boy Odell Beckham Jr. is, quote, not having fun anymore. Uh, he's not injured. He's not just an injury right now. Yeah, kind of. No. Well, um, it's worth I mean, not exactly an objective source either, but. No, no. He's just really good at getting wind burnt. Uh, in Detroit, Marvin Jones is questionable with uh, foot and hamstring injuries each week. A new injury is popping up. I'd be a little concerned about that, but don't bench him yet. Alshon Jeffrey, ever-present on the injury report, questionable with his knee injury. He's been limited to practice. He's going to be limited to practice for the rest of his life. He's still going to play this week. <clears throat> Eddie Royal's not practicing with a calf injury. He's questionable. That's a more realistic questionable than Alshon Jeffrey is, so keep an eye on him if you're in a deeper league. Demarius Thomas is battling a hip injury. He's been working through this most of the season. He's been limited. He should play. Stefan Diggs has a groin injury. He hasn't been practicing. He is more questionable. I think this one's going to go more down to the wire. I don't necessarily think he's the best play anyway, but keep it in mind. Eric Decker didn't play last week. He's got a partially torn rotator cuff. They're saying he's, quote, progressing every day. Uh, he's uncertain this week. I don't think he's a great play, even if he does play. I think they're going to try to rush him back. It's not the best idea. And the Steelers' Eli Rogers is probably going to miss another week this week with that toe injury, but they're hoping he will return next week. So there you go. All right. And in terms of potential waiver wire pickups this week, I have my eye on Robert Woods with Buffalo with Sammy mm-hmm. Watkins out for prolonged periods. I think he is somebody that's likely to be targeted eight to ten times a week at least. Uh, Eddie Royal, if he's healthy enough to play, is somebody that you want your eye on now, especially with Kevin White done. Um, Anquan Bolden continues his resurgence, his quiet resurgence in Detroit there. Cole Beasley still under the radar in Dallas. Kenny Britt starting to make some noise in Los Angeles. Brandon LaFell in Cincinnati. Quincy and with the Jets, especially with Decker out. Pierre Garcon starting to get some more uh, targets with Washington. Dontrell Inman with the Chargers. Sammy Coates with Pittsburgh. Marquise Lee with Jacksonville, although they're on bye this week. Jalen Strong with Houston. Corey Brown with Carolina, who could put your uh, theory about backup quarterbacks to the test if it's really Derek Anderson <laughs> this week. You might get some extra targets. Brian Quick with the Rams and uh, Cordero Patterson made a, a brief return from the dead last week, too, from Minnesota. A very so brief return from the dead. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Those are some of the guys that I have my eye on this week, especially in deeper league. Yeah. All right. I can work with that. Okay. So how about uh, top picks for the week? Who who do you like uh, most as far as the receiving game goes? Uh, I like Kelvin Benjamin this week. This is kind of in the same vein of when the Steelers decided they wanted to target Heath Miller more, the Panthers have made it a point to not lose Kelvin Benjamin the last couple of weeks as they did a few weeks ago in the game plan. So they're making a more concerted effort to get him targets. It doesn't matter who's going to play quarterback. He's still going to get looks this week. 
Uh, love Emmanuel Sanders. Julian Edelman finally is going to have the fantasy value you thought he would when you drafted him because Tom Brady is back. Jordan Matthews, uh, probably a good play this week. He's really the only sure thing receiver there. Sterling Shepard, I think, is going to have a great game. Like we talked about, Odell Beckham Jr. is having a little bit of struggles right now, and Shepard is is the next logical choice. Steve Smith, I think, could have a big game, as well as Cole Beasley. With Des Bryant being out and Terrence Williams not really knowing how to get out of bounds, and that's still an issue for me, Cole Beasley is a great value and probably still available on your waiver wire. Michael Crabtree has been huge lately. Devontae Parker against the Titans, I think, is going to have a monster game as well. Right. For me, I think whoever catches Drew Stanton's passes this week, whether it's Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown, <laughs> One of those Jaron three. Brown, James Brown, whoever <laughs> it is, is going to do pretty well this week. Washington, I like if uh, Deshaun Jackson, assuming that he's healthy enough. Steve Smith having a nice resurgence in Baltimore. agree with you about uh, Landry with Miami, um, Chicago, you know, I think if uh, Alshon Jeffrey is healthy enough, uh, T.Y. Hilton mm-hmm. with Indy, I think due for a big game. Uh, Antonio Brown kind of goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Yeah. You know, Marvin Jones, if he's healthy enough with Detroit, I agree with you about Edelman. Um, Atlanta, I think Julio Jones in for another big game. maybe even Yeah, Miami maybe not 300 yards, healthy. but it'll still be a nice day. Yeah, if you have the half of that, I'd still gladly take that on any fantasy team that I have. Yeah. Um, San Diego, I think Travis Benjamin, hopefully he'll bounce back this week. He wasn't the most successful receiver there this week. But uh, Oakland, I know Crabtree has been catching all the touchdowns lately, but I still like Amari Cooper better for the long run. Cincinnati, A.J. Green, how can you argue with what he's done? I'll go with so uh, Odell Beckham Jr. to bounce back this week in Tampa. Nope. Take your pick, Mike Evans, and yeah, Vincent Jackson starting to have a little bit of a resurgence too. Yeah, I think I like Mike Evans a little bit better uh, this week. Definitely for daily fantasy, I like him better. Um, as far as sits, Randall Cobb, just it, it's just not happening for me. I'm sitting Odell Beckham Jr. this week. I'm just not dealing with the crazy. I got better options. Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, both on my bench. Terrell Pryor, like I said, if anyone's going to stifle him, it's going to be Belichick. For me, Deshaun Jackson's a sit. I just I, I don't think that it's going to be enough value there. I think there's going to be better matchups. Uh, Travis Benjamin, kind of a disappointment from where we thought he would be. Tyrell Williams really, I think, is, is my favorite of the two there. But Benjamin's on my bench this week. And kind of goes without saying, if Des Bryant plays, He's also on my bench. I'm not. I'm not messing around with that. I don't want any part of it. For me, just to throw a few other names out there, uh, Toy Smith with San Francisco is somebody I'd want no part of no. this week. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. um, Tajay Sharp, we've mentioned with Tennessee. You know, I actually saw him Love on the waiver wire in a couple of leagues this week. You know, people you giving up on up. him after a quiet mm-hmm. week or two. I. Don't think he's a good play against Miami this week. Yeah, there's, um, I'd stay away from the Jets receivers. I'm not a Jordan Matthews fan this week. Uh, Cleveland, I'm not a big fan of their receivers this week either, even Terrell Pryor. Um, Denver, I think they're going to rely more on the run in the past. So no Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders for me. Um, yeah, those are the, the main ones that I would stay away from this week. 
right. All right. Let's keep rolling. Okay. Tight ends. No, let's do quarterbacks next. Okay. Quarterbacks. Uh, injury-wise, you already mentioned Carson Palmer is out. Uh, who He's else should we be worried about? We get Drew Stanton starting this week. Uh, Cam Newton's in the concussion protocol. He hasn't been practicing. He's got till Monday. I think he's going to get cleared. Uh, Trevor Simeon, non-throwing shoulders injured. Uh, he's They're calling him uncertain. He hasn't been practicing. He says he's going to play. I say he's going to play. It's probably going to be a game-time decision. If not, Paxton Lynch, apparently, they feel great about. I feel okay about. I think Denver will win either way. Uh, Jay Cutler is questionable, not practicing with that thumb injury. I doubt we see him this week. Even if we do, I wouldn't start him. And still no Josh McCown with that collarbone injury this week for Cleveland. Also, RG3 is going for some more tests to see if they need to do surgery. So this becomes kind of a pivotal week for Browns quarterbacks all of a sudden. Weird. But there you go. Those are your main injuries. And uh, word on the street, Tony Romo wants to come back to play against the Eagles in Philadelphia. Well, I'd like yeah. to see it, but um, unless your name, last name is Prescott, you probably don't mind seeing that, but we'll see. Um, waiver wire options this week, Derek Anderson, uh, Drew Stanton, you know, yep. Brian Hoyer in Chicago, I think is is a reasonable pick this week. Um, Paxton Lynch, if he ends up having to start in Denver, I think we do pretty well. Those are the ones that I'd have my eye on. Yeah. Yeah, there there are some decent options. Okay, so which quarterbacks do you like most this week? Uh, without a doubt, Ben Roethlisberger, who almost cost me a fantasy matchup last week. I was counting my lucky stars la- uh, Sunday night that, oh, I didn't play anybody who was playing Julio Jones this week, and then I got hit with Ben Roethlisberger in two matchups. Uh, but I, I dodged a couple of bullets there. Him against the Jets, plus he's at home. He's so much better at home. Uh, he's like four or five fantasy points better when he's playing at home. Derek Carr versus the Chargers. Phillip Rivers versus the Raiders. Uh, the Ginger Ninja, don't think he's going to win this game, but I think he's going to be effective fantasy-wise. Like I said, the Cowboys' defense is not scary. Joe Flacco could have a nice day. I think this is definitely the week to start Brian Hoyer going against an indie defense that isn't that great to begin with. Plus, they're coming back from uh, London. So even though they're not going to come out on top of the game, I think he's still uh, – this is probably a prime week of fantasy value for him. So go ahead and grab him off your waiver wire and start him. Eli Manning's going to have to throw a ton. Trevor Simeon, since I'm apparently making incredibly bold statements about him today – Go with him. Atlanta's given up three passing touchdowns every week to quarterbacks. I will take that. And Jameis Winston, better on odd number weeks. It's an odd number week. Go ahead and start him. All right. I would add to that list, Drew Stanton. I think he's going to have a big week for Arizona. Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, I think they're going to lose, but I think that's going to be the only way they move the ball. And seeing if there's any others. Uh, Matthew Stafford for – Detroit, I don't like them to win the game, but I think most of their offense will come through him. Matt Ryan is going to have a big game against Denver's defense. Agree with you about Philip Rivers and Derek Carr. And um, Andy Dalton, agree with you about that. Eli, Jameis Winston, and Derek Anderson or Cam Newton, whoever plays there. So it looks like we're pretty much in agreement this week on the quarterback position. So let's move on to tight ends there. Uh, what injuries do we need to be concerned about this week? 
tight ends are pretty dinged up. Uh, Tyler Eifert was supposed to return last week, and then it got pushed back to this week from that ankle injury. Suffered a back injury today. He's probably out this week, uh, at least this week, maybe more. Darren Fells in Arizona out for tomorrow night with a shoulder injury. Jacob Tammy's pretty banged up with a hip injury. Uh, he's been limited. They're saying he's questionable. I don't love it this week for him. Zach Miller in Chicago's got some bad ribs. He's been questionable and not practicing. Uh, I'm unsure if he's going to play this week. He's going to try to, but we'll see how effective he is. Eric Ebron's got ankle and knee, knee injuries. He's not practicing. Uh, they're they're saying he's pretty unlikely to play. I just even if he does, I'd stay away from him. Jared Cook. Obviously, last time we saw him, he was exiting stage left on crutches. He's out this week with the ankle injury. Jordan Cameron in Miami is still in the concussion protocol. He hasn't been practicing. He's questionable. If he can get out of the concussion protocol, he'll probably play. Kyle Rudolph has clavicle and rib injuries. Didn't practice. Looks like he's going to play this week, though. Rob Gronkowski, another lifer on the injury report. They're calling him questionable. He's going to play. Don't worry about that. Larry Donnell in New York with a concussion, though. A lot more unlikely we're not going to see him this week. Vance McDonald in San Francisco has got a hip injury. He's questionable, and it looks like we're probably going another week with Antonio Gates with that hamstring injury. Um, either way, I think Hunter Henry probably has some good value regardless. So I think the waiver wire oh, people I'd be looking at this week would be uh, that the ones, uh, Cameron Braid in Tampa, Ryan Griffin has had mm-hmm. two nice games in a row for the Texans, and Lance Kendricks starting to show some more signs of life again for the Rams. Yeah, yeah, he's alive again. He is also back from the dead. Okay, so how about um, which tight ends do you like most this week in terms of uh, overall fantasy value? Love Delaney Walker versus Minnesota. They give up a ton of points to tight ends, plus I just like the matchup there. Kyle Rudolph, for me, no-brainer. He and Sam Bradford are so good together. Zach Ertz, healthy, coming off the bye week. Looks like his ribs are feeling a lot better. Um, And Detroit just likes to give away touchdowns to tight ends, so I'm all aboard that. Zach Miller versus Indianapolis, another juicy matchup. Like I mentioned, Hunter Henry against the Raiders. Going to be good there, especially when it looks like Antonio Gates isn't going to play. And Martellus Bennett or Gronkowski, I would start either one of them. Um, Tom Brady's back. They're going to run that two tight end set constantly. I, I think there's going to be enough value that Martellus Bennett could be a flex player or an option in a deeper league for you. All right. Um, Dennis Pitt, I would add to that list. Uh, Jordan Reed, I would add. Um, let's see who else here. Um, maybe this is the week Dwayne Allen finally breaks out. Uh, Jesse maybe. James in Pittsburgh. And Taking a look here, Jacob Tammy is healthy enough. You know, Hunter Henry mentioned already. Um, Clive Walford with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those those are the main ones. Will Tye with the Giants could potentially have a good game. Cameron Bray we already talked about. And then Greg Olson, who's pretty much a weekly fixture on the list. Those yeah. are the ones that I would put at the top of my rankings this week for tight ends. All right. Uh, as far as guys I'm staying away from, I'm actually not on board with the Dennis Pitta train. Uh, he's just the last couple of weeks. The points haven't been there for me. Uh, Dwayne Allen, again, not for me this week. Eric Ebron and, Jay- and uh, Jacob Tammy, I'm concerned about the injuries and the effectiveness there. I don't love the matchup for Gary Barnage. Uh, and Jason Witten, I love him. He's getting 
top targets. He's on the field for 100% of the offensive snaps, but it's not converting into points, and I think there are significantly better matchups. If you're in a deeper league, by all means, maybe a flex option, but I don't know if I want to risk it this week in what I don't necessarily think is going to be a higher-scoring passing game for the Cowboys. All right. Um, Surprisingly, I agree with you about Jason Witten. This might not be the ideal pains me to, to say it. I love him, but start him. it's not a good week for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Zach Ertz. He's in Philadelphia either. I think they're going to do most of their damage on the ground <clears> this <throat> week. I'm not a big fan <clears> of <throat> of um, Kyle Rudolph or, yeah, I know I mentioned Ryan Griffin before. as a waiver wire pickup, but this might not be the best week to use him. Uh, Delaney Walker with Tennessee is actually not on my list this week uh, for the game against Miami. So looks like our, our hmm. avoid lists are a little bit uh, Yeah, so we pretty much flip-flopped our list. <laughs> yeah. So it'll teach me not to copy off of you, or at least if I do to get better glasses. <laughs> Maybe you should be, because I think I'm right about these. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on, uh, defenses, who are your top picks this week? Uh, Carolina, even though I'm picking them to get upset, New England, Buffalo, uh, I think the Rams are bouncing back, the Steelers, just, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's just giving away fantasy points, uh, and I like Green Bay. I know you're probably not going to agree with all these, but, yeah. No, I, I don't, but that's what makes the show fun. <laughs> what so a surprise. Me, it would be Tennessee. I like Houston's probably most of all. I just don't think Minnesota's going to muster up much offense. I like Minnesota's reasonably well against Houston. I don't think they'll score more than 21 points. Uh, Just looking down the list here, I like Buffalo's defense a lot against the Rams. And I like uh, Carolina's defense, as you mentioned. And I'll take the opposite side of the Giants' Green Bay game. I'll, I'll go with the Giants' offense against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Okay, so I have some of your starts on my sit list. I'm staying away from Houston, obviously staying away from the Jets. I don't like the Giants this week. Uh, not a big fan of Detroit or Cincinnati either. I'm, I'm leaving those guys on my bench. Yeah, for me, I'd leave San Francisco on the bench, Washington, Miami, Chicago, the Jets, the Lions, Patriots and Browns, uh, Falcons, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, um, Bengals, and uh, You're leaving a lot Tampa more people Bay, on so the bench much, than you're starting this week. <laughs> pretty much everyone. Well, I expect there's going to be a lot of I'm offense. I'm leaving this all week, the defenses so on the bench. Just don't even no, bother. I start one, but just okay. one. <laughs> okay. Um, kickers. Also, kickers. I, don't really I know have you hate talking today. about. We actually have some kicker injuries this week. <laughs> Um, Matt Bryant was limited at practice. He's questionable with a hamstring injury. Keep that in mind. Dan Bailey's not practicing. He's got a bad back. Looks like he's probably still going to play. But, you know, just food for thought, especially since he's been kind of a a must-start for fantasy. uh, But maybe not this week. Okay. Um, Yeah, in terms of who I would recommend, I say just go with the team you think is going to score the most (laughs) points for the week and just – Grab them if you're in need of a kicker, and otherwise don't don't spend more than a couple seconds thinking about it. So if you're um, new to the any... show, Sherpa's not a kicker uh, enthusiast. <laughs> well, it's just it's so random, and it's nothing it is so random. that I have any. 
special insight into, you know, the just kind of what's the point of discussing it then. And then so I'm over here the, tracking kicker injuries, so you got the best of both worlds. <laughs> that's right. So how about uh, DFS? Who's who's on your radar this week? Uh, I I apparently am super into James Woodson this week. I like him for daily fantasy; he's a good value, um, both on DraftKings and FanDuel. Eli Manning's going to throw a ton again when your run game is not super healthy. You got to throw a lot. The Ginger Ninja Andy Dalton going against a not so great defense. Uh, Derek Carr always pretty much a must start for me in daily fantasy sports. Kirk Cousins is a pretty good value. Love and Brian Hoyer is a value pick this week as far as quarterbacks go. In the world of running backs, I like Jordan Howard. I'm just I'm going with that. I think there's going to be more of a run game there than you do. CJ Anderson worth paying for Matt Forte, even though he's a little dinged up, uh, especially if you're playing, uh, you know, in, in different formats, he's going to serve you a little better. But I do like Matt Forte a lot. Todd Gurley, I'm much higher on than you are. Melvin Gordon I will absolutely pay for as well as David Johnson. Uh, Carlos Hyde, Terrence West, Jarek McKinnon, more on your value side of things. Good flex options, way to round out a lineup. Wide receivers, Mike Evans is no Amir Abdullah. <laughs> not for me. Not Amir Abdullahing this week. <laughs> um, okay. I love Mike Evans in Tampa Bay. I think he's going to be the guy this week. We talked about Robert Woods earlier. Another good value pick there. AJ Green and Julian Edelman worth paying for, as well as Demarius Thomas, who. He and Emmanuel Sanders actually a little undervalued this week. Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry. Landry has been great. I know you got to pay a little more than maybe you want to, but he's putting up over 100 yards a lot this year. Sammy Coates is going to have a nice game as well. Um, tight end-wise, Gary Barnage. I maybe didn't want to start on, my, uh, on, on all of my season-long rosters, but he's a good value for fantasy, especially if you're trying to eke out every dollar you can. Maybe not the worst start there. Zach Ertz, I'm higher on than you are. Greg Olson, obviously, if you got the money to spend, go for it there. He's going to put up points for you no matter who's under center. Clive Walford's great. Hunter Henry, milk that for all it's worth. He's still a good value pick, as well as Martellus Bennett, who I think could be almost a sleeper pick this week. His value, obviously, um, dollar-wise, you're not going to have to spend as much since Gronk is back and healthy. Uh, Daily Fantasy, obviously, we're going to skip kickers. They're only in one league, but... Uh, as far as defenses go, New England, Minnesota, Buffalo, Cincinnati, San Francisco. This is actually where you're probably hurting the most on the buys this week. Is you're losing you're losing some pretty good defenses that are kind of go tos for your daily fantasy league. So you got to think a little outside the box this week, which you know isn't the worst thing ever. Okay, final question for you: Who do you got Sunday night, Donald or Hillary? Uh, I probably have Hillary, but you just never know. Okay. What about you, Sherpa? (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm taking Hillary too. So far, she's debating a little little more coherently. Yeah, the last night wasn't too impressive, though. I was not impressed by by Tim Kaine. But uh, anyway, no. But in in all honesty, I'm probably going to be watching your Giants on Sunday. That's I think that's what my TV is going to be turned to. You know, I'll have to find some place with two TVs. I'm not sure which I'll turn the sound off on. That place is actually my living sound. room. That's how I like to live my life in the two TV world. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure which is better to turn the sound off on, but that's another Yeah, it kind of all, all depends on your mood, I guess. Or really, it's all going to depend on the Giants play, I think, is how your TV viewing is going to go. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say it's going to depend on Donald Trump's play, but uh, we'll see. You know, I mean, he and the Giants could be about the same this week. It's hard to say. Do you think um, Eli Manning will throw more interception and more uh, completions, or Donald Trump will have more interruptions? Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to just take the over on both. <laughs> okay. Whatever the, whatever the line is, I'm taking the over for sure. <laughs> okay. All I'm right. not sure there if there's a, a wrong answer to that question. Uh, but anyway, uh, we will be back with more scintillating analysis for, and all the news and notes and, of course, injuries from the week that was. That's including your kicker injuries. We are a complete show here. We will be back next Wednesday night from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern time, as we are every week. You can find us all week long all over social media on Twitter at JKIM16, Fantasy underscore Sherpa, and the number 4THN Inches Show. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa, on the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. And if you missed any of the episodes, you missed part of this one, go find us wherever your favorite podcasts are. You can always download old episodes when you miss us. It's only a week away, though. So good luck to everybody, unless, of course, you're playing me. And then, you know, you can have good luck next week. (laughs) 